Prince of Peace. This is what he does. He brings peace. Peace is not the absence of war. Peace is all things being as they ought to be. Every one of you has something going on in your life now that isn't as it ought to be. And what it causes you is the disruption of your peace. It could be that your body is not as it ought to be. Your health is not as it ought to be. It could be that your relationships are not as they ought to be. It could be that your financial situation is not as it ought to be. It could be that you, your, your tummy is starving and it's not as it ought to be, or you had too big a breakfast and it's not as it ought to be. It could be your work situation is not as it ought to be. It could be your mental state is not as it ought to be. It could be your neighborhood and the relationships in your neighborhood are not as they ought to be. It could be in your home things are not as they ought to be. Take a moment. I want you to share with one person next to you, if, if you know someone next to you. If, you. if you don't know anyone, feel free not to do this. Or just feel free to share and never come back again. <laughs> but share with someone. What is one thing in your life? It doesn't have to be like a 10 out of 10, not as it ought to be. But maybe it's just a 3 out of 10, not as it ought to be. But share with someone, what's something that's going on that's not as it ought to be? Here's a 3 out of 10. I didn't sleep well last night. I'm a little bit weary, tired, grumpy. I'm not as I ought to be. I just need a bit of rest. That will solve it. 3 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Uh, I'm not even going to share. We'll, just, we'll derail the service. Okay, but you get the point. Take a moment. Think about where is peace being disrupted in your life right now? Because often we think about peace being disrupted out there. I promise you, in every one of your lives, there's a disruption of your peace. Try and pinpoint one of them and just name it. All right. Let me get your attention back. Um, I'm concerned that I didn't set it up properly because there was way too much laughter. <laughs> That's not how disruption of peace sounds. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> Maybe it's just nervous laughter. Maybe it's just painful laughter. Maybe it's just hurting laughter. We, we all do it. Um, life, think about life as like, uh, it's, life has a bunch of s songs in it. There's, there's this kind of this music that's written for an orchestra to play. And there's all sorts of musical pieces that we experience in life. And this music is supposed to be, it is, sorry, the music is beautiful. And when it's played properly, it's beautiful. And, and we see this music, we hear this music played all the time. Let me give you an example. There's, there's a, a song that God has written that gets played when a baby's born. And if you've ever been in the room when a baby's born, and the baby comes out and is placed on mum before it's even washed, there's a sense of awe in that room. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's amazing. Everyone stands in amazement of what's happened. That's a beautiful piece of music where all the pieces of life are playing almost as they ought to be, and the song is being heard. There's, there's um, something... There's, there's this verse in the Bible that talks about this kind of uh, covering over the world. And some theologians say that that, that covering is no longer there, that's, that's understood, but that what that covering would have done in the morning, it talks about the morning stars and how they sing. As the, it talks about, they say, as the light, as the starlight would have hit this 
uh, covering in the morning, you would have heard mu it would have turned into music. So the light would be transformed into music, and you'd hear the harmony of the stars singing at the breaking of a new day. Our, our universe is created with music in it, pieces to be played by an orchestra. When a baby takes its first step, there's a moment where we hear the harmony of the music until it crashes and falls, and the music fades away. When a baby says its first name, Uncle Mark, The angels join in the singing. And there's things that happen all the time. When the orchestra comes together, we're each a piece in the music. We've each got a piece to play in the music of life. And when a lot of the pieces come together and play in harmony together, there is the most beautiful sense of joy and peace. There's a kind of a pseudo experience of this on Christmas, uh, not Christmas Eves, on New Year's Eves when thousands of people go flock to the shores of our beaches and they wait for the sun to go down. And, and you know that as the last golden hue dips below the horizon, the thousands of, of orchestra pieces join in a symphony of clapping and hooting and hollering, well done, son. We've done it another year. Tomorrow is a promise of a new dawn. And there's an orchestra playing a beautiful sense of music doesn't matter what country you're from, doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter what gender or age or what bank, your bank balance, the orchestra comes together, the, the rejoicing happens, and then we all go home. But for a moment, we hear the harmony of pieces playing the music, as we ought to. And so in your life, you know, you have, let's say, let's look at an interpersonal relationship, a, a, a you and, and someone else, a friend, a spouse, a parent, a child, a boss, an employer, e, neighbor. There's you and someone else. And there's every time we have interpersonal relationships, there's a piece of music there that God has written for us to enjoy something beautiful. But it goes bad. There's conflict. There's disruption. There's, you know, jealousies and angers and strifes. Well, you know, imagine I'm, I'm a trumpet, and I'm, I'm married to my wife, my first wife still, married to her, and, and I come across, and instead of being an encouragement to her, I'm a discouragement to her, and I cause a conflict with her, and my beautiful sounding trumpet that's supposed to be in this orchestra is like, I, 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 whatever bad trumpet sounds like. <laughs> well, the music's not nice. No one wants to be there. No one wants to hear it. People don't lean in and go, oh, can we just watch from the side as you and your spouse play your beautiful music? Or with your kids. You know, we, we see, if, we, if you see a kid poorly told off in public, you don't run over and just say, that was just a beautiful piece of parenting. <laughs> I can see, the, I can see the, hand, the, the orchestra of God, the conductor playing your parenting, your engagement between father and child. Oh, sweet music. No. It lacked patience and kindness and love. What does the Bible say that sounds like? A clanging cymbal. Not a tapping cymbal. There's, there's place for cymbals in the orchestra, but there's not place for one to be bang, 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 bang. 
You, you understand? It's disruptive. It's horrible. And life, God has written these beautiful pieces of music that we're supposed to lean in and play with and enjoy and have harmony, and it's gorgeous, but we're, we're, we, we mess it up. And the music is terrible. And we lose our peace. And here's the thing. Even if you manage to play your part perfectly, someone else won't and the music will still be messed up. And you might just put your perfect little fiddle down and point a finger and say, if you played better, we'd be better. You know, the kind of I'm always right. My attitudes are always right. My thoughts is always right. My behavior is always right. It's your fault. The orchestra doesn't work like that. We're in it together. So... What the Bible does is, the Bible tells us, in Psalms it says that God blesses His people with peace. So peace is a blessing. It's not like, it's, it's not um, instinctive, it, it's not small, it's not like, oh, you know, have peace, love, and hope. I mean, those are great things, but it's not just something on a postcard kind of thing. The Bible says that, you know, when God has His thoughts towards us, He blesses us, so, you know, Think of tomorrow, Christmas tree, presents underneath. One of the things God would think of putting there for His children is peace. That you can open it up and that you would go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did it. You got me peace. I've wanted this for ages. Who of you can, you don't have to raise your hand because maybe you feel like it's too telling. But who of you would admit, in your heart at least, you have wanted peace for a long time? And the promise in Psalms is that God blesses His children's peace. He wants to wrap it under the tree with your name on it. He wants you to open it up and get His peace. And so the, when Isaiah prophesies, he says, man, yeah, he's talking to people in bondage, and, and he goes, you know, it's rough, but God is going to send someone, and He's going to be the Prince of Peace. He's going to deliver His peace. And the reason why we need a Prince of Peace is because uh, the, the rights of judges told us the reason that things are going wrong, the reason the orchestra is not playing very well, the reason we, we, things in our lives are sometimes disrupted is because everyone, there's no king in the land. Everyone does as they see fit. And that problem comes from Genesis, where Satan comes into the garden with Adam and Eve, and God has shown them how to live, how to be in harmony, how to play the music, how to join in the orchestra. And Satan comes and goes, no, that's, you know, if you... Is that really what God has said? Do this, do this. Yes, it is. No, let me tell you what. God just wants to hold you back. If you do things your way, you can actually be like God. You can write your own music. It will be even more wonderful. You can be rock stars. Be on a stage. Your own music, own played. Get all the glory. Oh, that sounds good. Okay. So the, the judges go, there's no king in the land. Everyone does as they see fit. We're all writing our own music all trying to be our own rock stars, it doesn't work. And so God says He's going to send the Prince of Peace, He's going, who's going to, be a, He's going to be a king of the end of His government. Isaiah 9 says there will be no end. He will reign over all things. And we'll be able to come to Him if He's loving and kind, and we'll be able to kneel before Him and be brought in as citizens of His kingdom, and we'll be reunited to the music of God, and we'll be able to replay the parts that we were always made to be. In other words, the music's going to be as it ought to be again. Everything will be restored. The trumpet I play with the rotten tomatoes that have been flung into the 
pipe. I should stop using brass instruments that I know nothing about. God is going to restore my, my, through Jesus, going to restore my relationship with God, restore my relationship with others, restore my relationship with myself, restore my relationship with creation. (coughs) The music is going to play again. And so when Jesus is born, they didn't know who this baby is going to be. When Jesus is born, it says in Luke 2, I believe it is, 2, 13, 11, uh, 2, 12 to 13, I think. Anyway, you'll, I'll tell you what it says. That's the important part. It says this. An angel comes. This angel comes. And then it says this angel comes with mighty hosts. So this angel comes with an army of, of angels. And it comes before these, these three men. And they, it says they petrified. I mean, I'd be petrified. I, I, my, my um, is it continents? I, I have fairly good continents. I'm still a fairly young man. I reckon if I saw an angel with an army of angels, I might lose myself. <laughs> it would be scary. It, it would not be an average, oh, just you guys. Uh, hold on a sec. Can I just finish watching my prime TV show, and then we can have a chat? It would be totally disruptive. And this angel shows up, and what he does with the army of angels is not declares war. This mighty army of angels doesn't come and say, it's the end now. God has had it with everyone. He's been a bit impatient. We're here to do damage. This angel comes and he says, do not fear. Don't worry. Tonight, a baby's been born. And he's come to bring peace with whom God is pleased. You know what it was like. This is what I. This is I. This isn't in the verse, but I imagine this is what it's like. This angel gets sent by God to go and tell the three, and the whole host of angels go. Uh, can we go with? Can Can I go too? And maybe God's like, Yeah, okay, uh, you can. And then another one goes. It's like my children. Can I go too? Come on. Yes, okay. You can go with mom to the shops as well. And eventually, all of them are like, we want to be there. When he's announced, when everyone finds out, when the news, Galatians says that the angels long to look into the gospel. God's solution for man's problem. The angels long to look into it, to understand it, to see how God's going to do it, what's going to happen. They're not all knowing. They've got to watch it out play. They long to look and see how God's going to do all of this. And they want to be there at the announcement. That's how I imagine. Maybe, I'm not sure how it was, but there they were. The angel and the hosts. The spectators and the one guy who was the message. (coughs) Tonight a child's been born and he's come to bring peace to all with whom God's pleased. This great news. Go down and worship him. What a strange thing. Why would I go worship a baby? I mean, lots of parents today worship their children, but this was a little different. (laughs) This was a little bit different. Yeah, that baby knows it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Got him. The message of Christmas is that Jesus has come into the world, the Prince of Peace, and he's come to deliver peace, and he's come to uh, fix the disruption where you lack peace, the 3 out of 10s and the 10 out of 10s. I I promise you that in this life, you will not have total restoration of your peace. 
But when you're tossing and you're turning and you don't know where to go, what you can do is turn to the Prince of Peace and you can bring yourself under submission to Him. Can I be super vulnerable with you? Let me tell you this. Last, something happened. I can't tell you what. So it's not super, super vulnerable, just super vulnerable. <laughs> something happened last night at like 11.30, so, which is pretty late for me. So I couldn't go to bed. I had to sort it out. So at like 12.30, I was like, I'm, I can't sort this out. I can't, I can't fix this thing. So I go and I lay on my pillow. And I go, well, tomorrow I'm telling the church about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So, Jesus, how do you come through? How do I fall asleep now with this thing going on? You really do have to be the Prince of Peace or there will be no rest tonight. And what happened wasn't just the, the, the wasn't theory, but lying there going, why is Jesus the Prince of Peace? Why will this disruption not be not have a final word over, over the situation? Why will this thing causing turmoil not be the final say? What does Jesus have to say that will speak over that thing? And, and as, I, as I imagined, what Jesus, ha, you know, what Jesus might say is the Prince of Peace, this thing got smaller and smaller and smaller as His truths told to us in Scripture became greater and greater and greater in my mind again. Yes, G- Jesus is returning. Jesus is restoring all things. Jesus is going to reconcile all things. Things lost uh, indefinitely in this life will not be lost forever with Jesus. He will restore all that is good. It may be gone or forgotten in this life, but if it's, if it's good and it's godly, Jesus will restore it and give it back a hundredfold, whatever it may be. And, and as I lay there at 12.30, 1 o'clock, reminding myself of what Jesus says and why we can come to Him and why we can trust Him, He became refreshed in my mind of why my peace is in Him and this thing caused me great disruption became so small that I fell asleep. The problem remained. But the problem that was a giant looked small in comparison to the Prince of Peace and His power and His will and His way and His word and His truth. So if you've got saved or if you've heard the message, come to Jesus and He will make everything better, in one way that's a lie. Come to Jesus and your life will be disrupted because he will ask you to lay yourself down before him. There's no space for two kings. He wants to be king and lord over your life. He wants you to be his beloved uh, friend, citizen, child of God. Yes, he's got better things planned for you than you can imagine, but he does want you to submit your life to him. It's the best thing you can do. But in another way, yes, it's true. He does make everything better, because compared to Jesus, nothing stands. The suffering doesn't stop, but compared to what Jesus has promised to do, the suffering shrinks in size. And so this morning, I want to invite you, like children, to come to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. How does He do it? Well, He starts, and we're going to take communion together, He starts where we need to first have peace. Why do we have 
Um, why do we not have peace in other areas? Why is everything else broken? Why are our bodies not, you know, breaking? And, and why are our relationships hard? And why is our relationship with the ecosystem terrible? And, and why and why and why? Fundamentally, the Bible says the first problem is because you're not reconciled with God. Because you, you're an, you stand in opposition with the creator of all, the writer of the, all the, the lovely, beautiful music that you are, you, you are made to play alongside. And Jesus goes, let me, through me, let me bring the conductor back into your life. Let me bring the parts together again. Let's play the music. And so Jesus comes, and he comes to reconcile us to God. And he says he does this through the death on his cross, that he has lived a life that we couldn't, to die a death in our place, to give us his life, his righteousness, to, to give that, to pass that on to us. In some strange ways, we're going to do that tomorrow over presence. There are going to be things that my kids would deeply desire, I, I think, I hope, gee, let's, let's hope so, <laughs> deeply desire that they really can't work hard enough for, that they really can't earn, that they really have, in a sense, no right to, but in kindness or love, it's going to be supplied to them. Not because we stole it, but at cost. At cost to ourselves, we're going to supply something to them free of grace. They're not going to pay us back. They're not going to earn it. They're just going to open up their presents, ruin the house with wrapping paper, work on my patience. Oh my gosh, it's such a mess. Why do we do this? That's all bad feelings. You shouldn't have those. You should be like, oh, look at the lovely mess. I'm glad we do this. But the gifts are going to be benevolent gifts of things that, that they probably don't need, but they, they want. But Jesus, God gives us the greatest gift that we do need, that we couldn't earn, that maybe we don't even want, but God puts it before us. Here, here it is. Everything you need. Jesus Christ has died for you. He lived for you. He's been raised to life for you. And in love, He offers you eternal life, reconciliation, forgiveness, with God the Father. And you're invited to come. Come and play the music of God. Come and be back. Come, come stop playing your own terrible music. You know, you, you have all these scripts, but they just don't work out. They don't satisfy. They, they just, they're out of tune. They just, it just eventually doesn't work. Maybe it sounds good for a while, but eventually it falls flat. Come. Come to me. And he reconciles us to God. And then when we are reconciled with God, He begins to reconcile us with other things. So He teaches us to forgive. He teaches us to have mercy. He teaches us to love. When you walk with Jesus, you, you, you find that you can start to love people that you would have never imagined. Maybe that's yourself. Maybe you never imagined being able to love and accept yourself. But as you walk with Jesus... He teaches you to. Maybe it's others. He, 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 he shapes you, God shapes us, to be more like Jesus, to be peace bearers, to be peace givers. And so this morning I want to invite you either to come to Jesus and receive Him as Lord and Savior, to come and bow your knee before the King of Kings, and to come and receive peace with God from Jesus. Come and receive what you do not have to earn. You know, figuratively, come to the, the Christmas tree of Jesus. His Christmas tree was a cross. 
wasn't so well decorated. Maybe it was more well decorated. It had him on it. Come to him and receive the greatest gift, reconciliation with your father. And see where the, what happens from then on. See what Jesus will do with your life. If you know Jesus, which is probably most of you, you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then bring all the disruption in your life and come and lay it before him and say, God, help me to view this in comparison or relative to the Prince of Peace. What does the Prince of Peace have to say about these disruptions? Because you know what he does? He, he doesn't necessarily take it away. But as he speaks, he gives you hope where you're hopeless. He gives you mercy where you're merciless. He gives you joy where you're joyless. He shows you beyond the situation to what he will do in time, which empowers you to face the situation in this moment in time. And come this morning to the Prince of Peace and let him speak life into your life. Let him speak peace and joy and hope into your life. And then may we go out into a world that greatly needs peace. And may we go out rejoicing. May we go out hopeful. May we go out abounding in love. Because our lives are perfect? No. But because we know the Prince of Peace, the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And so we go as peace bearers and say, Tilly, Jesus said do this. You know, in one, in one, in one part of Matthew, Jesus says if, someone's, if you've wronged someone, go to them and make right. And then he says if someone's wronged you, go to them and make right. <laughs> it's always on you with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is a peacemaker. As we walk with Jesus, Jesus goes to his children Go make peace. Come on. All right. Tilly, can you forgive me? Uh, this happened. And he's a peacemaker too. And he goes, yeah, Mark, of course. Let's play in the orchestra. Let's play the music that God has given us in friendship. Let's raise him up. Let's lift him up in praise. So come on down to the table. The, the juice representing the blood of Jesus, the new covenant that, was, that he makes with us. Covenant cannot be broken. We write all sorts of contracts and agreements to say, I will treat you this way, I will treat you that way. In marriage counseling, it's fascinating when we do marriage counseling. It's interesting to say to a couple, you know, is this what you agreed to when you stood up there and, you know, in sickness and in health and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now, you see, the agreement's not enough. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take something else. You know, it's, it's, it's not as easy as that, just saying a few words. We make agreements. We make contracts. We try hard. Jesus makes this covenant. A covenant cannot be broken because it's from his side. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will keep you. He is the starter and the finisher of our faith, and he will never let us go. And his body that was broken for us, all of our sins, the things you don't even know that you're going, to, you're going to mess up with tomorrow or the next day or next week, Jesus has already paid for them all. He says, come to me. Come to the Prince of Peace. Lay your burdens down.
Let's talk. Let me speak over the disruption in your life. So come on down. Come on down to the Prince of Peace. And take a moment to pray. Rejoice. Thank God. If, you, if there are things that are disrupting you and, and you don't know really what Jesus would say to them, grab someone else next to you and say, here's what's really burdening my heart. How does Jesus, how does the reality of Jesus in my life speak into this? How does his bigness make this thing small? Not insignificant, but small in comparison to, to his truth and his reality. When you're ready, come on down. And then I'll pray to close.